that's amazing. Being the one out of place and having the attitude. Praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, Wednesday night Bible study. Amen. We praise God for uh, the word of God. Study that shows ourselves approved. Amen. So we pray to God on this Wednesday. Pray that you're doing well um, as we come to continue to study the Word of God. Uh, last couple of weeks, we've been in First Thessalonians chapter five, and we've been looking at a few scriptures there. Um, we're going to go back there again on this week. Um, two or three weeks ago, I guess when we started, we. We're looking at verses 16, 17, and 18. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. And then for the last two weeks, we were looking at verse 19, quench not the spirit. We were talking about how important it was to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the things that the Holy Spirit, the ministry that the Holy Spirit has um, in our lives. And we have to allow the Holy Spirit to operate in our lives uh, so that we can have and be the things that God wants us to have and, and to be. And so we spent the last two weeks talking about quenching not the Spirit and spent some time talking about that ongoing battle between flesh and spirit. Um, and so we dealt with that last week. And... For this week, we're going to look at verses 20 and 21 in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And let's just read it um, to begin tonight. Verse 20, despise not prophesying, uh, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. And that's 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 to 21 despise not prophesying. We're going to think about that as despise not preaching or teaching of God's word. Um, the proclamation or declaration of the word of God. Despise that not. And then also it says prove all things and to hold fast that which is good. So 1 Thessalonians 5 20 and 21. Uh, so that's going to be our basis for tonight. And uh, let's pray, and then we'll get into looking at the Word a little bit deeper. Let's pray first. Father, we bless your name, and we thank you, God, for your Word. We pray, God, that uh, tonight that you will speak from the Word of God, that you will lead us by your Holy Spirit, and open our eyes and cause us to see those things that we need to see. Father, we thank you right now for the outpouring of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, O oh God. And Father God, we, by faith, receive everything that you have for us tonight in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, for teaching us. We thank you, God, for building us up in our faith. And we give you praise for it in advance right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> All right, so we're uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, verse number 20. Again, it says despise not prophesying. Now, in uh, the New Living's translation, it says that we, it says, do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said and hold on to what is good. And, you know, when we look at these um, 
sort of very concise sayings here at the end of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You know, it says, first of all, don't scoff at prophecies. Don't scoff at the teaching and the preaching of God's word. Don't brush it away. Don't treat it as a light thing. Um, and, you know, there's some real sort of direct implications about it, right? Don't do that. Don't brush it aside. You hear the word of God, don't act like it's a light thing. Don't act like it's, you know, something that's not important. Moses said, the word is your life. Um, and so don't scoff at it. Don't say, man, that's not, it's not about all that. You know, don't do those type of things. Uh, instead, it says, prove all things. Or, as it says in the New Living Translation, test it. Test what is said. Don't take it as a light thing. Don't assume that because the preacher said it, it's right. Don't assume because the preacher said it that it's wrong. Um, don't just have a presumption that it doesn't matter. You're going to do what you want to do anyway. Preaching matters. The teaching of word uh, of the Word of God matters. Uh, and it should be held in high esteem. And not only that, but whatever it is that is preached, test it, right? Uh, test it. Test to see what is being said is true or not. And then lastly, it says, hold on to that which is good. Which means what? If you're going to hold on to that which is good, then you should discard what's not, right? Discard the rest. So one of the things that's clear here when it comes to the preaching and teaching, if you just look at these short little sentences, right? Don't despise the preaching, test the preaching, and hold on to the good stuff and discard the bad stuff. And what becomes clear from these short little sentences is that hearing the word of God is an active process. It's not something that you sit there, the preacher's preaching, and you're sitting there, and you're all inactive. <laughs> There's no energy. You're just sitting there, right? It's active. You should actively listen. You should actively take it in. You should then, not only that, but even afterwards, if you're going to test it, you have to go back into the Word of God yourself and maybe reread what was read by the preacher, you know, during that service. Uh, you need to maybe go back and study. Uh, you may need to ask some, ask some questions, but you should do something. It's active. You know, people want their lives to change. This is an amazing thing. There's so many people. It's not just Christians, but it includes Christians. You want your life to change, but you don't want to be actively involved in doing anything to change it, right? You want stuff to be different, but you don't want to do the things that's necessary to bring about the difference that you say you want. We got to be active. So when it comes to the Word of God, right, it says the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's alive. And as recipients, we have to be alive too. And many people aren't getting anything from the Word of God because they're not putting anything into the Word of God. And if you're not going to be active, if you're going to be passive, you're getting nothing out of it. you got to be active, right? So the Word is preached. Don't despise it. Test it. 
hold on to that which is good. So if you think about it, right, there are certain things we have to do. One, we're going to have, it requires some listening. It's going to require some examining of the word. It's going to require some consideration of the word. It's going to require deciding is this good is not right. You got to make some decisions. You're going to have to study the word, study to make that self-approved unto God. The writer of Hebrews says that some of the people didn't get anything out of the word because it wasn't mixed with faith. So you got to do some mixing of the word, right? And we also know you got to do some doing of the word. You got to be a doer, not just a hearer only. So the bottom line is, as we receive the word, we have to be active participants. You just can't be sitting there and thinking that things are going to change, right? We have to be active. So, so let's take these three one by one and these three points one by one and look at them a little bit deeper. Okay, so don't scoff at the word. Don't despise the preaching of the word. How do we dis how do we scoff at the word? Well, sometimes we scoff at the word by saying things like, and the preacher start preaching. Turn with me to John chapter 15. We're going to look at Jesus saying I'm the true vine. Oh, I heard that before. That's how you scar. Oh, I heard that before. Yeah, you may have heard it before, but the writer of Hebrews says that, that we should give the, the more earnest heed to the things that we've heard, lest at any time we let them slip, right? So the things that you heard before, the Bible says you should listen to that even more. Why? Because God, God built line by line, precept by precept, and he may have revealed something to you in that particular passage before, but you need to say, if that passage is coming back to me again, God got something else for me in that thing. He's going to build on top of that. Not, nah, I heard that before. I, I, I know that. Turn with me. We're going to look at the prodigal son. Oh, I heard that before. Right? No. Don't, don't despise the preaching. Right? It may be something you heard before, but you have to trust God enough and trust a man or woman of God enough that if it's coming again, God has something new for you in that thing. Um, how's another way that we, we, we despise the preaching? Uh, somebody's preaching about something, about, you know, love your neighbor or forgiveness or, you know, not being, you know, not being afraid or be anxious for nothing. And you're sitting there and you go, that ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> I ain't got nothing to do with me. I ain't getting nothing out of this. See, that's despising the preaching. Because here's the thing. The Bible tells us that God declares the end from the beginning. So what does that mean? God could be telling you something today that hasn't come into your life yet. So for you to sit there and hear the word and go, that word has nothing to do with me. I'm not going through that. I haven't, I've never been through that. As our former pastor and good friend, Pastor Schwartz, would say, keep on living, right? Because it could be that tomorrow, it could be right after the service, it could be tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, 10 years from now, that word that's being preached today that you think has nothing to do with you is going to be right on time, mm. right? But we can despise the teaching and the preaching because, man, that had nothing to do with me. 
mean, right? Or how about this one? That you, you know, you hear the preaching going on and you look down the aisle at your neighbor saying, I sure hope she's listening. Because you just know that that word is for her. <laughs> See, we can't go about preaching or the word of God being preached and, 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 and act in that kind of a fashion. Or, you know, the word of God is being preached and we say, you know, within ourselves or even out loud, that can't happen. Mm -hmm. Right? What do you mean that can't happen? The Bible lets us know. Is anything too hard for God? So there's nothing that we can hear that we can say that can't happen. And, you know, we need to remember that um, in Second Kings chapter 7, there's a story there about there being a famine in, in the land. And Elisha, the man of God, said, by this time tomorrow, there's going to be abundance. Mm -hmm. And the king's right-hand man was, you know, he heard it. And he goes, man, if the window of the heaven opened up, and, and, and God moved and, and, and did all these things. Even if he did all that, that couldn't happen. And Elisha said, it's going to happen tomorrow. And because you said that, because you don't believe it, you're going to see it, but you ain't getting none of it. Mm. And the next day, what happened? There was abundance. And what happened to the man, the God who was, uh, or the, the, the king's servant? Uh, he got trampled in the gate. He saw it, but he didn't get any of it, right? Why? Because he was a scoffer. He was like, man, that ain't going to happen. Nothing's too hard for God. So when it comes to, you know, scoffing at preaching, those are some of the ways that we can scoff at it. Man, that has nothing to do with me. That can't happen. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I heard this before. Mm. No, we need to receive the word of God with a meek spirit, a meek and teachable spirit. I might have heard this before. And listen, if you've been in the church for a while, hopefully you've read through the Bible several times in your life by now. So chances are, if someone asks you to turn to a certain portion of scripture, you probably read that before. Amen. Okay. So, but don't allow that to lull you into a, I don't really need to pay attention to this because I know this already. I heard this already. Or when you hear it, you go, that has nothing to do with me. It has to do with her. Or there's no way it's going to happen or those kind of things because that is not esteeming the word the way it should be esteemed. Job says that, you know, he esteems the word of God more than his necessary food. That's how we have to do it, right? We have to esteem this word more than our necessary food. Hold it in high regard. Don't despise the teaching. Don't despise the preaching. Now, the other thing that it says um, is that we should uh, prove all things, or as the New Living Translation says, test everything that is said. Now, let's turn for a second to First John chapter four. First John chapter four, in verse one, and there it says, "Beloved, believe not every spirit." But try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. 
So we're told, right, right here, right, we shouldn't just believe everything we hear. Mm -hmm. Why? Because we have, because unfortunately, there are many false prophets, there are many false teachers, there are many false preachers. Where are they? Right? They're in the church. Where do you think they are? <laughs> Amen? <laughs> They're in the church. They're just not, you know, floating out there somewhere. They're in the midst. You know, they're in the midst. In fact, Jesus said in um, in uh, Matthew 7, 15 and 16, he says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. And then he said, You shall know them by their fruit. Mm -hmm. So so what he's saying is that these false prophets, he said, which come to you. So they're in front of you. They're preaching and teaching in front of you. And he says, beware of those false prophets. First John 4 and 1 says, we need to test the spirits to see whether they are of God. Right? And it doesn't matter if they have the look. Right? Mm -hmm. Because as Jesus said, they can come to you in sheep's clothing. So they can come to you in a nice flowing robe with a big cross around their neck with... <laughs> The requisite pinky ring. <laughs> Glory to God, right? They can come with all the trappings of, oh, look, this is a man of God. This is a woman of God. And this is all right. No, it's not about their outward appearance, right? We got to get past that. Man looks on the outward appearance, but what does God do? God looks upon the heart. And the Bible says that we need to be imitators of God as dear children. Mm -hmm. So we need to look at the heart. We need to get past this looking at the package and then being convinced that it's, that it's authentic. Mm -hmm. No, try the spirit. Amen. Try the spirit. Test that spirit to see whether they are of God. Believe not every spirit. And it says because false prophets are gone out into the world. And Jesus said that, right? You're going to have false prophets among you. And then he says, you'll know them by their fruit. So you can see there's an active participation here. I'm hearing the preaching, but I'm going to test what you're saying. I'm going to test your spirit. Where are you coming from? Are you preaching the gospel for the edification of the saints? Come on, somebody, because that's right. That's why he gave some to be pastors and teachers and all the rest of it, right? For the edification of the body, right? Is that why you're preaching and teaching? Or are you preaching and teaching because you want to move up in the world? Or you want to be held in high esteem? Or you want accolades? You want the crowd? Paul says, listen, I endeavor to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. What's he saying? I just want to preach the word. Amen. And if somebody has that spirit, you can tell. I just want to preach the word. I just want to edify God's people. I just want God to be glorified in the assignment he's given me. I just want to be faithful to God. That's a spirit. A meek, humble spirit that wants to deflect everything to the glory of God. Right, not someone that's looking for attention, looking for accolades, looking for, you know, an opportunity to preach and all the rest of that. You got to test the spirit, right? We got to we got to test everything, 
that is being said. Now, um, we, we often talk about this, and I just want to turn here for a second in Acts chapter 17, because we talk about the Bereans. And in Acts 17, 17 and 10, it talks about how the brethren, but there was some, Paul was getting in, he was being hounded by some of the Jewish, Jewish people uh, in Thessalonica. And so they sent Paul and Silas away into Berea. And they went and they preached in the synagogue of the Jews. And then in verse 11, it says that these were more noble than those in Thessalonica. In what way? They received the word with first a readiness of mind, but then they did this. And they searched the scriptures daily, whether those things, what things? The things Paul was preaching, the things Silas was preaching. Mm -hmm. Whether those things were so, whether they were true. But what did they do? It said they searched the scriptures daily. So they heard the word, but then they searched the scriptures. They went home and they go, okay, let me see what he said was right. That's not disrespectful. That's testing. That's active participation. That's not just receiving the word and go, I guess so. Right? Or scoffing at it and going, that's not true. Right? Test it. Test the spirit. And then you hear the word. Go home. See if it was so. New Living Translation said that they, that they had a, had a openness, uh, an open mind. And it said, though, that they searched the scriptures day by day. Every day. So are you preaching to me today? I'm searching it day by day. So what were they doing? They heard the word preached. They went home. They read the word. They heard it again. What was that? Hearing and hearing. So what happens with hearing and hearing of the word? Faith comes, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing, hearing and hearing. That's what they were doing. They were hearing and hearing through the testing, through the active receiving of the word. And then going home and doing some more activity, right? It's not passive, right? It's just not passive. And look at what happened in verse 12. They had a readiness of mind. They searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. And look at verse 12. Therefore, what happened? Many of them believed. See, getting to a place called believing doesn't just happen. You got to put some work in. That's why there's so many Christians go, I just can't. I'm having trouble believing God. Because you're not putting the work in. Put the work in. Test the spirit. Test the word that you hear. Go back and search the scriptures to see what the man of God or the woman of God has said is true. Get to the point where you're hearing and hearing, hearing and hearing. Let faith come. Then you'll get to a place called believing. You don't just get to a place called believing because you went to church today and went to church today. So what? Devil went to church too. You got to put the work in. <laughs> you got to put the work in. Amen. You got to put the work in. And, and as you do that, you're going to get the benefit of putting that time in. Amen. God is faithful. Amen. Whatever you sow, you shall reap. And so if you're going to put in some time into the word of God, you're going to reap what the word of God has for you. Amen. So that's, that's the second point. So the first thing, we're not going to scoff at the teaching. 
And by second, we're going to test what we are hearing. Mm -hmm. Amen. And the last point, um, if you go back to um, 1 Thessalonians, is to hold on to what is good. So if you're going to hold on to what is good, what are you going to do? You're going to discard the rest. Amen. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you discard the rest. You don't have to argue and fuss and fight over it. You know what I mean? We, we shouldn't be arguing with one another over the word. People are arguing over things that have nothing to do with salvation and all the rest of that, you know. But hold on to what is good. You know, um, Jesus talked about, you know, about Mary who sat at his feet. And when Martha was saying, she's not helping me in the kitchen, she said, he said, look, Mary had chosen that good part that shall not be taken from her. See, when you, when you choose the good part, can't be taken from you. Amen. So you hold on to what is good and it can't be taken from you. You get that word in you. You hold on to it. You, you've tested the spirit. You've tested the word to see whether or not it was true. You put some time in. You arrive to a place called believing and there's no demon in hell that can shake that word out of your spirit. But you got to put the time in. Mary chose that good part. She put the time in. Martha was cooking. Martha around the kitchen. Mary said, forget all that. I'm sitting here. I'm going to get some word. She chose the good part. And Jesus said, nobody can take that from her. Right? So that's what we have to do. Actively get this word. Test it. Don't scoff at it. And then when we get that good part, hold on to it. Knowing the devil going to try to take it. Right? That's part of the parable of the soul. He immediately comes and tries to snatch the word, mm -hmm. right? But you have to guard your heart with all diligence and make sure you know, uh-uh, I'm holding on to this, to this good, good part. Amen. Um, in, I'm just going to read something real quickly in your hearing. It's in um, Philippians chapter 2, verse 16. It, it, it tells us, it, it talks about holding forth the word of life. Holding forth the word of life. New Living Translation says holding firm, holding firm to the word of life. That's how we have to go about it. If this word is our life, we have to hold firm. We have to hold this thing, right? And not let it just be taken away from us, right? Stress comes, problems come, issues come. And now the word that you've had and the word that you receive, you just let it be snatched from you. Mm -hmm. Hold on to it. Fight for it. Contend for the faith, the Bible tells us. Amen. And so we have to hold on to it. So we look at 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 20. We're not going to despise the preaching and the teaching. We're going to take time to test what we're hearing, right? Test it. Put some time in. Put the time in. It's worth it. Amen? And then we're going to hold on to that, which is good. Now, a couple other things I just want to say before we leave is this. As, as, as we receive the word, we have to avoid something. And that is getting caught up in the showmanship. In other words, we got to put the showman and to show women out of business. And no, it's up to us. Because see, there are too many, there's too many, listen, well, what did Jesus say again? He says, he says, beware of false prophets which are come in sheep's clothing. And we just saw in 1 John uh, chapter 4, 
in verse 1, it says, Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, um, whether they are of God, because there are many false prophets going out into the world. Mm -hmm. This is not a small problem. There are too many showmen and showwomen in the body of Christ, and they need to be put out of business. This is not a minstrel show, right? This is not reality TV. This is not a game. How many of you got real problems? Mm -hmm. How many of you got real issues? And quite frankly, it's an insult and an embarrassment for people who have real issues and are coming into a church looking for real answers from a real God to then have a false prophet in front of them entertaining them. That's time out for that. And we need to put those false prophets and them entertainers out of business, right? But it's up to us. It's up to people in the pews to demand more from their preacher than entertainment. Demand more from the preacher than some cliche promises. You know, I mean, you know, people coming in and... and, and, and and, you know, they're going to say all kinds of things. You know, I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Uh, no, you're not. You haven't said anything, you know. And, you know, you have preachers going this. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, let me go over here because you don't know what I'm saying. One, two, three, four, five. And the people over here go, ah! Why they do that? Because they want to act like they got what those people didn't get. And the preacher didn't say anything. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, you don't know what I'm saying. I'm going over here. See, well, what is that? What is that? What is this slap your neighbor stuff? I'm telling you now. Somebody slap me. I'm slapping <laughs> your back. Come on, somebody. But this is what we do. And we've got all these cliches. The preacher says, I don't know who I'm talking to, but God told me to tell somebody that you're coming into your season. And the whole church screams. How is it that the preacher don't know who he's talking to? But everybody in the whole church know he's talking to me. Right. What is that? These are, these are, listen. These are, come on. This is showmanship. Right? This is, this is, I know how to get a rise out of you stuff. Right? Because who's not going to get excited? Somebody who's going through. Someone who's struggling with financial problems. Struggling with the marriage. Struggling with an addiction. Struggling in different areas of their life. And someone says, God told me to tell you your breakthrough is coming. Who's not going to get excited about that? by that? That's easy. You can say that seven days a week and you're going to get a rise out of people seven days a week. Mm -hmm. But is it true? Is it true or is it just part of the show? Is it just part of, you know, the shtick that you got going on? And I'm not saying everybody's doing it, but too many are doing it. Too many. Because they're seeing it and they're imitating it. Right? You got some, you got some preachers, they don't even say words. Like they get to a certain part and they go, they, they're reading the thing and, and you know, and Jesus wept. <laughs> And people go crazy over there. He didn't say anything. What is I, I, I? What is that? But yet we're going crazy. We need to put that out of it. We got to be better than that. We got to demand from our preacher, uh-uh. You break forth the word of life to me. 
Amen. I need some spiritual nourishment. Hmm? Jesus said, if I hunger and thirst after righteousness, I will be filled. I'm hungry and thirsty. I don't need you telling me you preaching better than I'm saying amen. I don't need you telling me, you know, you just need five people to do this. I don't need all that. I need the word of God because that is what's going to save my life. I don't need you. <laughs> what is that? We got to put those folk out of business. Amen. We got to put them folk out of business. Why? Because there's evil running rampant in this world. And we got all the answers we need right in there. But we need that word to be preached and teach to us. We need to receive it with the right heart, with the right spirit. No scoffing, no this and that or the other. We need to test it. We need to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. And we need to put those who are coming with some false stuff, with some watered down stuff, with some fake stuff, and let them know, not here, not here. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not responding to that. I'm not going into nah, uh-uh. You know, you got some some preachers. They're more comedians than they are preachers. They do more stand up than anything else. Look, and you know, look, I like telling a joke every now and then too. I like a jokey joke as much as anybody else. But I'm no stand-up comedian, right? I'm not going to sit up here, you know. No. Why? Because people got real problems, right? And so we got to put those folk out of business. Amen. Be mad if you want to. The only people who are mad are the ones who are doing it or been falling for it. I mean, I'm not saying it's not true. Amen. We need the word of God. Amen. That's what we need. We need we need the word of God. Amen. Um, let's go to Second Timothy chapter four, and then we're gonna leave. Second Timothy chapter four. Verse one. It says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Uh oh. For the time will come when what? <laughs> they won't endure sound doctrine. But after their own loss shall they heap to themselves what? Teachers. So they want certain people coming. Right, and what are they going to do? They're going to heap to themselves teachers, what? Having itching ears. Mm-hmm. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth. And shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Right. Amplified Virgin says that there's going to come a time when people will not tolerate sound and wholesome instruction, but having ears itching for something pleasing and gratifying, they will gather to themselves one teacher after another to a considerable number chosen to satisfy their own liking and to foster the errors that they hold. So here's the thing for the preacher. Don't be someone that goes around scratching, itching ears. Look, you want somebody to come here and tell you it's your season? Well, let me tell you something. 
If God didn't tell me that, I'm not telling you that. You want someone to tell you that you're going to get a breakthrough? If God didn't tell me that, I'm not telling you that. Now you mad because you, because some, well, okay. But, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing that we don't seem to remember that there is a connection between how we live and what we do and what God does in our lives. Is God good to all? Yeah. Is God graceful, gracious and merciful? Yes, he is. But, you know, God told Abram, get thee out of thy land and go to the land I will show you. He went. God told Abraham, go sacrifice your son, your only son, Isaac. And he went and he, he was about to do that. Abraham becomes who he is in the faith, but Abraham did some things. Mm -hmm. He lived a certain way. He obeyed God. He did things. It, it wasn't just God just started doing stuff for him. So, you know, sometimes, you know, we can't just have the preacher telling, oh, you're going to get... Your breakthrough is coming. Yeah, but breakthrough may be coming for those who God has been directing and leading and somebody is following that. But if you're not following it, then we can't, and we can't act as if that doesn't matter. God gave Jesus a name above every name. But if you read what happened, Jesus took upon him the form of a servant. He became obedient, obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God has exalted him and given him a name. There were certain things that happened first, even for Jesus. So, this this whole idea that if the people, and this is more for the preacher right now, don't go around, don't don't you turn into someone that itches, that scratches people's ears. Yeah, you know what folk want to hear, but God has called you to to break forth the truth, mm -hmm. not to spread fables and myths, and to gratify someone's longing for nice words and all the rest of that stuff so you shouldn't do that and for those of us who are on the receiving end of preaching we need the truth mm -hmm. it's the truth that makes us free not some nice preaching not some emotional preaching amen and we got to grow up we got to grow up amen yeah. don't despise the preaching test it hold on to it don't come to me telling me, oh, you should have been there last night. That man preached. That woman preached. Yeah? What was the sermon about? Man, let me tell you something. It was a high time. What he preach on? <laughs> you should have been there. Gotcha. You don't know. You just got caught up in the emotion. That's not saving anybody, y'all. Amen. That's not saving anybody. Amen. And I'm not saying strip the church of emotion and all that. But here's the thing. If we're going to strip anything, I'm going to strip emotion before I strip the word out of it. And there's too many people that have stripped the word out and just flooded in with emotion and Amen. entertainment and all those kind of things. And we got to put that out of business. Amen. And so Amen. we go back to what we saw. Right. Don't scoff at the teaching. Don't despise prophesying. The mm -hmm. actual declaration and, and proclamation of the word of God. Test everything. Mm -hmm. Right. That is said. And then you hold on to that which is good. 
and the preachers, amen, let's, you know, make sure, as it, as it says here in First Timothy, Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, make full proof of our ministry, amen, mm -hmm. show that you're called by God to bring forth the word of God in all humility and sincerity, and, and just know that you can lift up your hands and say, I've done the will of the Lord. Amen. amen. So we praise God, amen, for for the word, amen, and and for the opportunity to just continue to grow, amen. Glory to God. Because I don't want, I want all of us, amen, to, to come into the fullness of what God has called us to be, amen. And some of it is not, you know, it's not glamorous, right? It's, yeah. it's just simply putting yourself into the presence of God and following God and obeying God. And then God will work through your life. He'll take those ordinary things that you're doing, reading and studying and, and praying and fasting. Those are, I would say, ordinary things. And he'll do some extraordinary things through it. Amen. 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 All right, let's pray tonight. Father, we bless your name and yes, we thank you, God, for the word that you shared with us, for the word that you've spoken unto our hearts. Father, we pray that we will take it in. We pray that we will meditate on that word. Yes, we pray, God, that the Holy Spirit will come and even give us deeper revelation, understanding, and guidance concerning the word that you have shared with us on yes, tonight. Father, and Father, we you. believe that, that God, as we walk this word out, we truly shall be blessed in our deeds. And so, Father, for that, we give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. Now, God, we just pray that you'll be with us on the rest of this evening. Continue to show yourself strong in our lives. Oh, God, Father, we love you. And we pray that you will rest, rule, and abide with us for the rest of this night. Yes, and continue to uh, make your face shine upon us. Father, we lift you up and we exalt you. We declare that you are our God. And yes, beside Lord. you, there is none other we worship you and you alone and we give you praise in jesus, in jesus name. name amen 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 praise god well we will see you next time amen um and we just pray god will continue to to bless you and that you'll continue to be safe amen, amen.